This is a seven. All right, dude, we are alive now. We are live. Sweet. So you're putting a 2022 slash seven in the stand. What do they call that color? Factory orange. Factory orange. So what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Got some sweet bikes out here. Uh, trying to get some cool bikes going. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the new 22 slash seven. I think that's the most important bike to talk about in the line. Um, it's still alloy. It's under four grand. So I think a little bit more accessible to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's a big travel 29er um really cool bike and then um we've got some good information to go over as far mm -hmm. as maybe if you're gonna upgrade your shock some things to keep mm -hmm. in mind some other cool things um about the bike that that trex kind of thought through uh this is a medium slash 7 2022 pretty sure th these are basically sold out for 2022 already mm -hmm. um yep. so if you're looking for one we've got bikes here um you have to pick them up in store though so um we cannot ship them to you there's no funny way around that um but yeah i figure you know we've been really slow for the last week mm -hmm. um so i thought tonight maybe after we talked about the slash we get into a little bit about the bike industry mm -hmm. and what's been going on yeah and then you know maybe even what we think's gonna kind of how things are gonna look moving forward mm -hmm. some of our updated uh best predictions on the bike mm -hmm. industry so I think a lot of things are going on right now and no one, no one's talking mm -hmm. about it. So yeah, um, it'll be nice to kind of get the consumers in a bit on the loop, kind of seeing what's going on, seeing what we're dealing with um, in terms of parts availability and uh, just bikes in general. Yeah. So. And how many think things are going to look, I have an inability to tell a lie. So <laughs> it should be interesting to see um, how many trade secrets I can, I can release in this podcast that's some really good information from some really good people but uh we can't really let uh where that information come from get out um yeah i don't know i i don't feel like anything's like it's really awesome. a secret like i don't think anybody you know says anything that's that's that, gonna that, be like world changing yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it's interesting stuff to know but mm -hmm. I, the the trick here will be is how much of it can we recover from um, my memory um, rather than what I decide not to say, mm -hmm. um, but no, that'll be fun. So yeah, we've got the slash seven. Um, do you want to kind of yeah. get us rolling through a little bit? Sure. Some things that maybe you think are important. So the slash seven is uh, Trex entry level enduro bike. So if you're going for a long travel enduro bike, the slash seven is going to be Trek's cheapest bike in their lineup. Um, so it is going to be right at 3899 for the 22 model uh, with the SLX and uh, XT build. Um, so this is a super sweet bike. In 21, last year, they completely redesigned the Slash to go to their newer style. Uh, they went away from the straight shot down tube and added a bunch of really cool fancy features. So it's gonna be a little longer, it's gonna be a little slacker, but the seat post is gonna be a little steeper. So it's gonna make it pedal super efficiently, but it's also gonna be a little more capable than the previous model year bike. In addition to this, they went 
with an upgrade on the travel up front and in back. So it's going to have a 170 up front, a 160 in the back. That's super nice, super good for big mountain enduro, big trails. Although for our local trails around here in St. Louis, for more of the cross-country style trails, it may be a bit much. Yeah, I, I mean, we've got a ton of customers who rock a Slash 7. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're pretty cross-country, you know, max like 400 feet of elevation anywhere. Um, typically, you know, maybe closer to two and you're kind of going up and down most of the time. Really techie kind of stuff. Um, some older trails that were built, you know, kind of starting mm -hmm. back in the 90s, um, you know, and they've kind of been improved over the years or new trails have been added. But a lot of them will have pretty tight mm -hmm. switchbacks, um, not a lot of like a really bermed out turns or anything like that. So, um, yeah, but I, I think guys ride it a lot. I think it's the Slash is probably the most popular full suspension bike that we sell in the shop. Mm -hmm. um, Super progressive. It's just if you're looking for a big mountain bike that's ready to race enduros and go out west, the Slash is definitely the bike for you. Yeah, and I think that's why it's popular because, you know, people want a bike that's going to give them confidence. They mm -hmm. want a 29er. They want to know they have enough tra travel. Mm -hmm. They want to make sure they've got the components back that's mm -hmm. not going to leave them hanging um, anywhere they take their bike. And I think now more than ever, you know, we're seeing all these, these towns pop up with different bike parks. So I think no matter where you're at, um if you're riding mountain bikes there's probably something pretty cool within a few hours drive so i think that's i think it's that's really starting to become part of the conversation mm -hmm. when people are considering what bike to buy is like i want to be out biked because i don't want to be under biked mm -hmm. anywhere i go yeah. and it's very possible no matter mm -hmm. where you're at exactly you can do so yeah like if you were to buy a bike like the trek fuel ex with 140 mil travel that would be ideal for all the trails in st louis However, if you go down to Shepherd Mountain, it may be a little underbiked. So something like the Slash, it's going to be the nice, nice in-between. It's going to be able to do a little bit of everything for you while still having the 29-inch wheels. Um, super sweet bike. Since it is one of their newer model bikes, it does have some really cool features. It's going to have the internal frame storage in the down tube on their alloy bikes, which has traditionally only been available on the carbon bikes. Um, super sweet. Allows you to put all your tools in the down tube and just seal it back up. Super nice technology. Yeah, it's nice to see you try to put that onto the slash, you know, even again on this kind of sub $4,000 um, full enduro rig, you're going to have that that option there. Throw a tube in there would mm -hmm. be my deal. I would, yeah. you know, I just, I, I think that's the greatest thing ever. Um, I think it's great when bike brands incorporate that in there, getting stuff into the bike and off your body. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done saddlebags and mm -hmm. I've lost $80 worth of tools mm -hmm. more yeah. times than I can count mm -hmm. because I got something out of it. Maybe I didn't strap it up quite right mm -hmm. when I was done and then, or I just left it somewhere. <laughs> not to mention having a saddlebag on a dropper post is not always the best idea. Yeah, I've sucked um, them into wheels. Mm -hmm. yep. But yeah, it's super nice to have it all just out of the way can fit um, some snacks, everything to fix a flat, everything you really need in there. Yeah, dude, like um, that's like really good shape for like a nice piece of jerky, like, mm -hmm. a, like a, a Slim Jim or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, you can fit a lot in there. Maybe I'm like, big on Slim Jims and peanut m and yeah. I was thinking maybe you can fit like a pixie stick in there. We got a bunch of those in the shop. But yeah, there's a lot of cool things. Um, Sweet. So the shock. Do we want to talk about the shock on here? Yeah, I can pull up. Um, 
So something interesting that we learned today about the Slash and its uh, shock layout is that, especially if you're buying the Slash 7 and upgrading the shock, there's definitely going to be a couple of things that you're going to have to pay attention to. So the Trek Remedy 8, it's going to come with the Super Deluxe Select Plus with um, a piggyback on it. Now, this Slash does not have the piggyback on it. That's because with the piggyback on it, the lockout lever does not clear right, we moved that down here in the bottom third of each rabble. Scoot it in. Scoot it in. So on the Slash 7, you're going to have the RockShox Super Deluxe without a piggyback. On the 8, you're going to get the rebuilt new body style Super Deluxe, which is built so that the lockout lever will clear the bottom of the frame. However, on the original one, it's not. So it is super important that if you're replacing the shock on your Slash, that you make sure that is the updated body with through shaft. And Adam has some more specs on what shocks are compatible and what are not compatible. Yeah, I pulled it up on the screen for our YouTube listeners who are subscribed and turned on notifications. Mm -hmm. And then they just went over and hit the like button just mm -hmm. now. Just now. Just as I said, that was just really nice of them. And then they also jumped over to their iTunes account and subscribed to us mm -hmm. there as well. Yep. And then for those folks, I'll read aloud. Um, so what we're reading now is stuff that we're getting from the Trek dealer site. Um, we had some issues finding this when we were not logged into the dealer site. So not sure if this is publicly. It's, I have consumer-friendly check marked on it, okay. so we should be good. Okay. Um, but basically it says that many aftermarket shocks will not fit, including the 21 Fox X2 coil, the 21 Fox X2 air um, is that all the ones that won't fit? I think that may be the ones that are compatible. Does it say? No, these are all the ones that won't fit. Okay. Um, no, those are the ones that will fit. Okay. But why would it say including? It says many after. Oh, it says many. <laughs> I don't know how to read. Let's jump back. We need to get Riley over here. Riley, what do you get good grades? <laughs> you do okay probably um i'll read it it's fine um so yes it will work with the 21 fox x2 coil the 21 fox x2 air the rock shock super deluxe coil the 21 right mm -hmm. and uh fox dpx2 mrp hazard and then any just typical inline shock without a reservoir or piggyback yeah so the regular rock shock super deluxe Deluxe air with the piggybacks does not fit. The lockout lever interferes in the bottom last third of travel. Uh, so the new shock body has extra clearance. It looks a lot different, and the lockout lever is kind of tucked away on the side. It's a lot cleaner design. If you come in store to take a look at the Slash 8 that we have, you'll be able to see that new design in person, side by side. All right, so I dropped off that page because now you have me worried that we're not supposed to show people that page. There's all kinds of cool information on there. Mm -hmm. Call us if you want some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we, we have a lot of really cool information about these bikes that Trek tells the dealers, but um, they expect us to tell the consumers instead of telling the consumers themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it, go talk to your local bike shop. Go to your local truck dealer. Um, if you have questions about your bike, chances are, you you know, if you have a modern bike, you have a barcode on the bottom, they can just scan mm -hmm. and it'll, it automatically pulls up all the information they need for replacement parts and stuff like that. So yeah, your local bike shop is a great resource and that's why, you know, you always hear support your local bike shop, which mm -hmm. I hate that saying, I think it's silly, but, um, it, you know, I, I know before I 
you know, had the shop here, you know, I always made a point of going in to my local bike shop, which was Southside at the time um, here in St. Louis. And I would always make sure I got my parts for them because you want to keep them around mm -hmm. for stuff like yeah. this, because it's a lot easier to bring your bike into a shop mm -hmm. and have them scan a barcode mm -hmm. or look at your bike mm -hmm. and then them deal with it all the time. Or show you in person. Yeah, then having to call up the track and, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of awkwardness just over phones and or looking stuff up on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how much time you waste doing that. Having so. those local experts, that's invaluable. And just sorry, just that's spending a little money, spending a little extra money on some parts that we know you could get online for cheaper. But just putting that money back into the community, it's super good to see. And uh, you'll really see some. Is that the case reasons. always, though, that you can find parts for cheaper? Not so not much anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> you're talking from it, back it in the old to, it days. It used to be people would come in and say, "Hey, so I found this part cheaper online. Can you match that?" Like and, the whole Amazon thing. Like yeah. Big big bike stores. And the but, reason stuff like that would happen. Mm -hmm. So like I think like a common one is some of the bike, um, the online bike retailers, mm -hmm. um, or kind of. I guess they have local shops mm -hmm. in whatever town they're in, but um, the ones with the bigger online presences that do a lot of volume as far as that goes. I think everybody can think of the the big three. Um, I won't mention anybody in particular because you know I don't really know what they do except for um, basically what happens is manufacturers will sell, sell large batches of older components, previous models, unsold units. Um, things happen to where manufacturers will have like huge batches that they need to move. So they'll sell them cheaper to um, some of those on online retailers in order to get that older product out of there. And because they're buying these huge batches. So, um, you know, it, it, it's not something that's available to your local bike shop. So that's when you see used to see those price discrepancies is when you had these bigger retailers buying big batches and they could sell things at 10 to 20% off um, because they're a were previous year models mm -hmm. um, and then B because they got a 20% discount themselves on that product by buying, um, you know, a whole lot or whatever it may be yeah. in that. So that's where that comes from. That's it's it. not like your local bike shop is gouging prices. We're all trying to operate on the same margins. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're buying bigger quantities mm -hmm. And since they get that product in cheaper, they were able to do that anymore. Everything's yeah. pre-sold before it gets here. Yeah. So don't expect to see deals on Shimano XT brakes for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you offer a really good insight to there uh, on how these online companies are able to do business. It's not your local bike shops are trying to scheme you or anything. It's just these shops are so big online that they just buy in such bulk. It's just they can't really keep up. Back that camera back up, put mustache back in view. But yeah, it's really cool to have a really um, unique uh, perspective on that from a bike bike shop owner, online smart detailing uh, businessman, and again, just... we did a pretty good amount of online sales in the year of 2020, a COVID mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. That was great. A lot of online sales. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. We went into we were into the six digits on online sales. That's pretty big. Yeah, I'm not lot. gonna say where. <laughs> Somewhere in there, it's a big range. We're in there. It could be. We're in there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, unfortunately, bikes cannot be purchased online and then shipped. If you do purchase a bike from us on our website, you do have to come pick it up in store. That's the only downside. Yeah, which is dope. St. Louis is cool. Um, you know, this is winter, so Six Flags is closed. But right up the street from us, about a mile and a half, 
um, is Six Flags St. Louis. If you're an, a Midwesterner and you're coming to visit us, we have Hidden Valley Ski Resort mm -hmm. a mile and a half from us. Um, nice little ski. It's hill. nothing special, but you can put skis on and ski. If, it's a ski hill, not a ski mountain. Yes, it is a ski hill. Um, yeah, so there's that, and that's fun. People love going there and doing that. I'm not a skier myself, but um, people love that. And then, you know, we got the river. There's all kinds of good stuff to do. Plenty of riding around here. Make a make a trip of it. What is it? What are we? Eight hours from anybody? Come on, come see us. Yeah, we got, we got Chub Trail. <laughs> Chub Trail is going to be rideable in any conditions. Um, so if you're worried about coming out here not having a place to ride, Chub Trail is always going to be rideable. It's going to be about 10, 15 minutes from our shop. Yeah, so I'll make a, I'll make anybody a deal. If they want to buy a slash or a remedy, I will book them a hotel room at the Haunted Holiday Inn right up the street. That's oh, book them a room at the holiday. Yeah. A free hotel room. If you're coming from out of town, you got to have an a out of state hotel. license. In Illinois, it's not count. <laughs> it has to be a distance where you can't just drive home in a couple hours. That's a really good deal. Case for, by case basis. For y'all listening. But call home. me for that I offer. Mean, if you need, if you're worried about getting a bike and you need to drive, he'll cover your hotel. That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, dude. Um, that's very generous. Yeah. Very and awesome. if we, if our Red Bull show up soon, I'll send you, send you off with a free Red Bull. For the, the cruise home. Why well, not? Yeah, we'll hook it up here. Um, there, dude. We really want to see these bikes in good hands just getting shredded. Um, super cool to see them out on the trail. A lot less cool to have them just sitting around here in the shop. Definitely want to see them out there. Heck yeah. Yeah, I rode, uh, I, uh, I rode a Slash 97 over mm -hmm. at Bluffview. is my experience on a Slash, mm -hmm. technically, um, or that I'm allowed to discuss. Uh, but no, it was fun i loved it dude i didn't have to do anything i mean the bike just i mean it just did whatever it wanted to do i was just kind of like i wasn't even hanging on i was just along for the ride dude. Mm -hmm. it was nice i loved it um i love this orange color i think it's mm -hmm. beautiful what about what do you think of it i think it's pretty flashy um it's got a really nice metallic flake in it so when the sun hits it it kind of gets a little shift a little metallic color um super nice is that a slash seven too? That blue one? Yep. That's that red on it. That's Riley, grab that down for me and bring that over here. Yeah, that is going to be a 21 model, which is still going to be the new model, the updated year. But it is just going to be a different color scheme. That's it's a, going to be a teal. Oh, to that's navy. a 21. Mm -hmm. oh. And this is a 22. It's going to be the teal to navy fade. Oh, what do we have a 22 in a different than the other color, right? Uh, we have a 22 slash eight. In the Miami green. No, no. We don't have the, so that's factory orange. So we don't have a black owl. Black owl looks pretty dope too. Mm -hmm. That looks really cool, actually. I want one. <laughs> I'll take I'll take one of each. I'll take an orange slash seven and a black olive, which I think is a hilarious and great name. So I, I one thing that was cool too, kind of when we were talking about the shock earlier, and you'll notice with the the new super deluxe, it's that the the, the reservoir is kind of offset to the to the right a little bit um, rather than the previous year one seemed to be pretty straight on. I don't know if that's across the board or what there. Um, but when we were looking at that, you notice on the Trek frames, uh, they do put an indentation into the, mm -hmm. the frame there. So, you know, I think it kind of just stands out to talk about all that really goes into to bikes, you know, and a, an issue that um I, marin ran into or mm -hmm. an issue we had with um some bikes we got from marin earlier this year was so 
a lot of these manufacturers have parts sitting in their warehouses overseas. SRAM just put out an article this week mm -hmm. um, where they discuss they have, they have more product on their shelves than ever, yet I have not been have able to get a GX Eagle 12-speed derailleur mm -hmm. in over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I've had them on order with multiple vendors. They'll get canceled. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And SRAM says they have more components than ever. The problem is they can't ship them and get them to where they need to get them to, to get them on bikes um, and everything else. So sometimes what's happening with manufacturers is like Marin had to switch a shock, I guess, over than the original design. Yep. And these companies put a lot of thought into what components are going to be on the bike, what the tolerances need to be, how that frame needs to be designed, mm -hmm. how everything kind of works in, 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 unison and that's why we're seeing such delays mm -hmm. i mean i ordered these slashes at the beginning of COVID. so these mm -hmm. these bikes we ordered in may of 2020 it took a solid two years for these bikes to arrive mm -hmm. i've got um i think we've got a couple more slashes coming mm -hmm. this week um they'll probably show up on wednesday um but you know and a few more rem remedies as well a couple of roscoe's those are all well over 24 months and track has been insanely slow on getting bikes I think anybody who's had a truck bike on order knows this mm -hmm. bikes are showing up now so if you see stuff in stock and you're thinking about getting a track bike i would jump on it mm -hmm. um but what happened is you know these bikes are getting held up because one component's not available maybe that's the shock that they're waiting on and maybe it's a component for the shock maybe the shocks are fully ready except for one component that the shock needs to be able to mount up on the bike so some manufacturers took some shortcuts mm -hmm. and put different components on their mm -hmm. bikes than they had originally planned and unforeseen issues have occurred in, in mm -hmm. some of those rigs so so um, unlike other manufacturers that will just swap out a part to a different available part because that's what's available um trek will actually redesign the entire part to make it work for that yeah so it's super awesome. can't do that their yeah. bikes are built to and bear, they don't sacrifice an extra millimeter here or this or that mm -hmm. in order to accommodate the part the parts got to accommodate the bike yeah and they, they the trust design. their engineers and really listen to what the engineers say they don't rush a bike to market because of what's available they rush a bike to market because it's what the engineers they don't rush the bike to market they yeah. just do what the engineers say which is why the 2022 roscoe 6 still has a boost 141 skewer on it mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what they say <laughs> Yeah, no, it, you know, and it, it, it does. Uh, Trek has, and, and other bike companies as well, think things through, but Trek definitely has um, a very large um, research and development. Has any other uh, bike company uh, done um, exclusive, developed exclusive shock technologies with suspension manufacturers? Because uh, I'm sure. Trek has worked I'm sure. with both RockShock and Fox to develop yeah man like early on i'm sure guys definitely did you know but yeah i off the top of my head i can't think of another brand that has some exclusive technology like uh reactive or through shaft uh, yep so you cool. need a, a shock with a through shaft on the slash seven just touch back on that um anything else we need to know about the the slash i don't feel like we really said much about it went off on a couple tangents about bike parts yeah, it's, it's a super solid frame. It's their entry level slash. I mean, so you're going to get the really aggressive frame. You're going to get an XC drivetrain, so it's definitely not cheap, super high end by every mean. But on the higher end ones, you're going to get a little nicer suspension, um, maybe some carbon bars on a 9.7 or 9.8 carbon frame. But 
solid bike though. Yeah. If if you're on like 120 mil travel full suspension bike right now, or you're on a hardtail, or even um, a 140 travel front rear like a Fuel EX. Yeah, if you're upgrading from a fuel, going stepping up to the sevens, great. You're still going to be on an alloy frame, so you're not going to worry about it too much. Um, it's going to keep price point down a little bit more, um, and then. Again, you can kind of build this. This bike's super solid out of the box. You know, you'll you'll have everything you need to ride it and have a good time wherever you want to go. Um, but you know, you can kind of slowly upgrade things to your specs. You know, that I think that's a hard thing for me on like buying too not nice of a bike mm -hmm. sometimes is unless it just happens to be a perfect build. Like mm -hmm. I really like the remedies in the XT build. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a perfect build mm -hmm. for me you know everything i need on that bike so everyone you know, has their own preferences on individual parts as well like this right. brand of brakes this brand of shifting this brand of suspension right uh each brand's gonna have a little different feel a bit different uh design outlook as well yeah and we all know every like i don't know how many bike manufacturers come with like hope brakes but everybody wants hope brakes everybody wants you know something unique mm -hmm. and fancy whatever your taste and style is they're all great um, you know, but yeah, those are all things you're going to do. And it, it feels a lot better to pull off an $80 break mm -hmm. and replace it with $200 breaks, $300 yeah. breaks than it does pulling off $200 breaks to replace with $300 breaks or anything like that. So I love, I like, I mean, I'm a big, I'm not cheap at all. I think, like, you know, like I'm, I'm all about paying for quality or yeah. like paying for something solid. You, you, you uh, really care about the value of something, not how much it's going to cost. Right. And, and I think with bikes, I kind of do the same thing as I do with like cars mm -hmm. is it's like, okay, what do I need? And then what am I going to want to change later? So what can I kind of go a little easy on knowing that later on, I'm going to kind of do that the way I want to do it. Um, but yeah. Um, so I, I'm always a big fan of kind of, you know, finding that, that good balance between not the absolute base always, um, but going up. And when we're talking about slashes, the slash is technically the base level slash. It's, it's not a base level bike by any means. It's basically a $4,000 bike. It's obviously not an entry level bike. Right. So, but, you know, so I think that's fine. It's going to, you know, personally, I would buy a slash seven and kind of upgrade things the way I mm -hmm. wanted to. Give me some color matching hope breaks, mm -hmm. you know, give me some some hubs that match because we're only talking 50 these guy have the the rapid drive hubs the 54, from track 54 yeah. to so again someone buys this bike before you leave the shop with it just like if you buy a jeep and you put wheels on that thing before it leaves the lot mm -hmm. before this thing leaves your local bike shop see if they can order you some paws and some springs mm -hmm. um slap those in the rear hub double up your engagement make it sound nicer um and then you'll be ready to rock um, until you're ready to buy a set of matching hubs to your bicycle. <laughs> yeah, until you blow up your wheels at Shepard, it'll it'll be ready to go. Yeah, there you go. That's also a good time. Yeah, until you take a wheel building class, mm -hmm. that would be that would be good for everybody who rides a bike. So yeah, that's a slash seven. Bada bing, bada boom. Super cool bike. Yeah, man. What was that uh, one downhill bike we were talking about earlier? That crazy the Honda one. The Honda RN01 yeah. or something? Yeah, the one that looks like a dirt bike. Mm. So back in the early 2000s, Honda, uh, actually the late 90s, Honda came out with a revolutionary aluminum frame design for their dirt bikes called the Twin Spar Aluminum Frame. And most manufacturers still run that style of frame to this date in 2021 or 2022. So uh, in 2003 to 2006, around that time frame, Trek had a downhill bike that utilized some 
similar uh, design technologies in that aluminum twin spar frame. It was super secretive. Um, ended up winning a couple downhill races, didn't it? Um, the but, Honda? Um, yeah, the Honda was winning. They were really secretive about that bike. So um, I know like uh, our uh, former mechanic, Darren Grumpy Cat, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he used to be a, a team mechanic and I know he was at a few races where that was, and he was saying with that bike, like they were so particular about it. Like it would do a run and then immediately go into the trail. Mm -hmm. Like no yeah. one got to look at it. No one got to see mm -hmm. it. Like, I don't know, like when these articles that we found online came out, mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure it was well after the fact when they stopped racing yeah. that but bike. That one article I saw, um, it said that whenever the bike came in off the trail, went into the truck, and then they took the gearbox out of the bike. The gearbox was a really big proprietary product of that bike. It was an internally geared downhill bike, which is pretty cool. So they took out that gearbox so that if the bike was stolen, that technology wouldn't get stolen along with it. Two bikes did end up getting stolen, uh, and the gearboxes were not in them, so they were able to keep that technology. Um, pretty cool bit of kind of skunk works information for you super cool to see how a big company like honda when they just give unlimited resources to their r d development department to see what they can do I and mean, honda's not even a bicycle company and they just developed the fastest mountain bike in 2004 so pretty cool yeah but it didn't last though so what do you think of that uh proof of concept <laughs> they could do it they just choose not to do it yeah dude uh, i feel like I feel like it's just like every other like concept vehicle. It's just like, it looks so dope. Like Yamaha's got their bike. Mm -hmm. I would love to see one of those in person, mm -hmm. in real life. Mm -hmm. I think it's an e-bike. I think they have a non-e-bike though as well. Really? Yamaha's cool. got like this like shiny silver look a lot like the, the Honda. Mm -hmm. And then it's got like blue shocks and stuff like nice. that. Just, that it sweet. just like little hints of blue all over mm -hmm. the place. I want to say it was going to sell for like, eight grand 10 grand 11 grand yeah. 12 grand that, 14 that, grand that's 18 grand I mean, 28 grand <laughs> high-end e-bikes are right around that price point uh the new trek rail at fully spec is 13.5 that's pretty crazy that's more than most dirt bikes yep or you can get a cheap e-bike for five thousand bucks mm -hmm. we have ones for a thousand and you bucks. just gotta 10 bolts on it all the time that's all <laughs> yes pay just, attention to just it gotta keep up with it i think that's something to like keep in mind like you know and while not that an $8,000 bike is going to be any more durable, it's going to be less durable than a $5,000 bike. But if you're riding a, a mountain bike, if you're riding mountain bike trails, especially if you're riding $4,000 bikes, like your $4,000 bike is no, no less susceptible to, you know, bolts mm -hmm. loosening up, mm -hmm. to spokes needing or to your wheel needing trude. Um, none of these issues are any less apt to happen to a $4,000 bike than a $1,000 bike. So, you know, take care of your bike when pros ride and race these bikes there's a reason why their mechanics are always going through them like you go down one or two race runs a race weekend they're gonna completely tear down the bike make sure everything's working good i mean even for an amateur like myself after a hard weekend of riding if you go out to a bike park on a trip someplace more than more likely than not a couple things you're gonna have loosened up on yes moved around um just good to throw an allen key in every bolt there just make sure it's not loose you don't have to tighten it or loosen it just kind of wiggle it around in there and see if it moves and then if it does move then you can appropriately torque it down to what it needs to be all right that's our weekly we work at a bike shop so we got to nag everybody 
about your women linkage their bolts. chain. Check your linkage bolts, bolts, lube your stuff. chain. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there, there's been some interesting bikes over the years. You rode down at uh, Shepherd this weekend? Mm -hmm. Yep. On Sunday, I did go down to Shepherd. That was a lot of fun. It was a little icy in the morning. Um, there were a couple of little spills uh, from some guys just not seeing ice or seeing the ice and just not taking appropriate caution. Um, just sending it. Yeah. Dude, I did what? some mountain boarding on the ice on Saturday. That must have been sketchy. Dude, it was like snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> it was like snowboarding on ice, though. Mm -hmm. And like, because there was like a lot of pits from like just mm -hmm. dogs or people walking on the trail, and then it froze. Mm -hmm. So you had all these like random holes, nice. and like they're a little tired. Yeah. So like you hit them, it just like sends you sideways, and you're sliding sideways. It's not good. It's so much fun, though. But yeah, the sketchiest ice patch I saw at Shepherd was it was you go down a chute, and then right where you would want to be fully on your brakes before a sharp turn going down a steep hill. Nice. There's just a giant chunk of ice. So you have to delay that braking point till you're almost at the apex of the turn. And then you can hit the brakes a little scary, not being able to hit your brakes when you want to, but that's just the fun of shepherd. Um, yeah. And that's something interesting fun. to keep in mind. Anytime you're riding below freezing temperatures, Keep in mind there could be ice anywhere, especially for a mountain bike trails because it's shaded or you're likely in valleys. And if in it's and your out. first time running the trail that day. So right. the first time going down the trails at Shepherd, we took extreme caution to make sure that there wasn't going to be any hidden ice. The second lap, we started picking up the pace. Third lap, we we're going pretty fast. But that first lap, you really just want to take things slow. Make sure that there's not going to be any unexpected ice out on that trail. Dude, we were sending it on our boards. We didn't care about it. all that. Just straight sending it. Yeah. It's the way to do it. It was mostly dirt. It was flat, though. Yeah. Shepherd's a little, <laughs> Shepherd's a little riskier, a little yeah. more. Uh, you got to use your brain a little bit more there. If you don't, you'll crash really hard and it'll hurt. Really... Um, and I learned that lesson. No dummies out there on Shepherd. Use your brain. Because you're looking for ice, I guess you're, because there's a couple of places where ice can hide. It can hide under leaves. Mm -hmm. That's the real tricky one. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in the winter or what happens is maybe things start thawing out a little mm -hmm. bit. And then you're coming around a turn mm -hmm. and that top layer of mud just kind of, or that there, what seemed hard yep. slides out and then you hit the ground. Yep. So There were some nice uh, like water puddles before drops that were completely frozen over. Um, my roommate actually crashed on one of those, his first run down, just went over, went off a drop front end, went Lost out from underneath him, kind of bummer, um, scratched his stanchion, oh, second, that's a ride, scary on his, line, second ride on his new bike off a drop. On the remedy? Yep. Oh, dude, the remedies took a beating this yeah, weekend. Yeah, they took huh? a beating. Uh, Heck my yeah, roommate, dude. he scratched his stanchion and I blew up my rear wheel, put a nice big dent in the, uh, hook. So it will not hold there. Because you did not have Kush Core in there. I did. I was not running an insert. Um, <laughs> just kind of hit a rock really hard and lost all pressure in my tire. So that was no fun. Um, so I guess it's a really good way for the universe to tell me I need to learn how to build wheels. So that will be my next fun adventure, building a wheel. Yeah, Brett's going to show you how to build a wheel. We're going to order a rim up and it'll be a direct swap over. Should be nice and easy, quick process for you. That'll be fun. And then you'll also put Kush Core in, I'm mm -hmm. assuming, before yep. that definitely wheel Definitely some type out. of insert. Uh, definitely going to run a thicker casing. I was running an XO Plus DHR2 in a 2.8 width. Um, so I'll definitely be upping that to a downhill or possibly even double down. You're running a 2.8 back there? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and in case, you know, maybe people don't remember, but I mean, technically, me and Mustache are sharing this bike. So mm -hmm. he kind of broke my wheel at the same mm -hmm. time. So yeah. I'm just a little bit disheartened mm -hmm. that our bike took a hit like that. But it's uh, all right. I was pretty I, upset when it happened. You were having a good time, though, right? Until it happened. That's all that really matters to me. So that's kind of <laughs> um, But yeah, and, and that kind of speaks to like the reason. A, I'm onboarding a lot right now. That's kind of my passion at the moment. So, um, you know, that's my main focus. But we decided that in order, if you were going to buy that bike that you had to share with me and let me ride it whenever mm -hmm. I wanted, the yep. reason I would make such a deal mm -hmm. instead of just having my own bike that mustache isn't going to trash at Shepherd Mountain is because bikes are so limited right now. So like I said, we ordered these bikes back in 2020. Mm -hmm. We've got them. If we order one now, what are we looking at? 2024, late 2024 before yeah. we'll I've, get another one? I've been working at Mountain Bike Shed since march of 2021 and i've been wanting to buy a remedy uh that entire time and there hasn't ever been an opportunity for me to buy a remedy until this past month so that's something to think about yeah so yeah we're not i'm not pulling bikes off the floor for myself because they're 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 so thin and i know especially come springtime come 30 to 60 days from now that there's really going to be a uh, it's going to be really hard to find one and I'm going to feel mm -hmm. terrible if I took a remedy and I got a guy who's so stoked up mm -hmm. and wants a remedy eight and medium large. And I'm like, uh, that's my garage, bro. <laughs> so, um, I did not do that even against my better judgment and technically, I mean, doctor's orders. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm my, uh, my neurologist, my physical therapist, both want to see me getting back on the bike a little bit more. So, you know, I'm putting aside my own health and safety <laughs> to sell bikes. Mm -hmm. Come by, like, this has been a real heavy, I'm really throwing down the sales pitch this, yeah. this episode. This is a good one for sure. Yep. This is, this. <laughs> that's how you know the bike industry has slowed down in Missouri or mm -hmm. in the Midwest or at least in around here mm -hmm. um is because i'm trying to sell everybody bikes online yeah. so do we want to talk about that a little bit or just everything being slow yeah so yeah the past month we've been pretty slow since christmas um and i don't think that's been just us it's kind of around the board speaking to some other places it's not just us well it's um, terrible timing too because what has happened is that we had a lot of demand coming mm -hmm. into you know coming off covid we kind of sold out everything and couldn't replace mm -hmm. item so we put it all the bike shops everybody put a ton of stuff on back order mm -hmm. the bike the manufacturers at that time were very worried as well that people were over ordering bikes because things were disappearing so quickly and um, so you know we were limited to how many bikes we could back order you know, and, and there's consequences if we don't take bikes that we back order. Um, so we, of course, ordered, a, you know, a reasonable amount. I think we're sitting pretty well on some nice enduro bikes. And come springtime, we'll have a little bit lower price point bikes finally showing up. I mean, like, we haven't had a $7,000 bike in here, like a, you know, a mountain bike mm -hmm. in over a year. Mm -hmm. um, so we are going to yeah, see some I'll of those showing up. One. Like, it's going to be late into 2022, though. Mm -hmm. We're still probably five months off of those showing up. So yeah. um, many companies are still trying to catch up. Mm -hmm. And what's happening now is they think all the shops kind of got a good influx of, like, gear and supplies mm -hmm. here in the fall, but not super great. Um, and then so we finally got caught up to the, the consumer demand. And then as soon as we did that, 
I think the consumer demand dropped off considerably. A little bit. Um, you know, whether that's people kind of spooked about um, the, the new variant and, you know, we're still, mm-hmm. they've got a new variant of COVID coming out and everybody's kind of getting it. Um, so I don't know if that maybe is influencing people's um, habits, you know, prices stuff's definitely mm-hmm. going up. Yeah, so all, all bikes have gone up 15%. Um, that's certainly no small pill to swallow when you're buying a thousand dollar bike yeah or they just announced their price increase of about 15 percent. they were they showed mm-hmm. like their 7100 dollar mm-hmm. bike going up to 7800 bucks mm-hmm. um and the reason being and and orbea talked about it and it's something that you know our our manufacturers you know bikes apparel mm-hmm. parts um is the shipping cost mm-hmm. and the shipping availability so kind of like we touched on before it's not they've all these companies have have bought new factories and, and up production for a very long to, for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And they have all this product now, and now they're all going, we can't get it to anybody. Mm-hmm. We don't have shipping containers. Mm-hmm. We don't have boats um, mm-hmm. to take this stuff. Or even like Fox last year, they had a a, a boat that got, it, mm-hmm. yeah. it hit some rough water. Yeah, uh, they lost flagship. like 90 containers. Yeah, their flagship helmet, the Rampage Pro Carbon, those are supposed to be dropping pretty early, just lost entire containers full of $500 helmets. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that, uh, you know, I, I, Brett did have uh, some insight from a shop he used to work at um, that the shop he used to work at actually does not have any bikes in right now to sell. Yeah, it's weird. Like we're super lucky that we're able to have bikes right now. Like not every shop is able to have bikes. Right yeah. Now. And I mean, we didn't really receive the we. Kind of got a couple of fuel ex fives throughout the year, but we really didn't. And some burbs and kids' bikes were preloaded up on mm-hmm. kids' bikes and hybrids. Yeah. Um, but we really didn't get uh, that many bikes from track over the last two years. So maybe that is kind of catching up to mm-hmm. us a little bit now. We definitely had that Rush and Marin bikes earlier this year, all those uh, rip zones in San Quentin's. Super nice. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah um but yeah they made they made adjustments to get bikes out and i don't know if that was the greatest idea in the world yeah they (laughs) were that one manufacturer that was able to put bikes on almost every um bike shop's floor Mm -hmm. is that is that good or bad you tell me um so um yeah i mean basically and so what's happened is i think everybody's starting to get stock in I think we're all starting to realize as far as retailers go that we're sitting on a ton of inventory right now or a high dollar amount of inventory and consumer demand is weighing back down. Mm-hmm. It's kind of normalized again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what's going to end up, what we're going to see happening is retailers are going to start canceling a lot of pre-orders mm-hmm. and a lot of pre-books on these manufacturers. So these mm-hmm. manufacturers are going to be stuck with this product sitting in mm-hmm. those warehouses. Even if they do get it here, mm-hmm. they're not going to have anybody to get it to. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that we're going to see a lot of companies scrambling mm-hmm. come fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, you know, this is kind of an early sign, you know, mountain biking is mm-hmm. definitely a, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us do it because we feel we have to, mm-hmm. I, I think for our mental health and just, you mm-hmm. know, being healthy and functioning mm-hmm. people, you know, it's not a luxury for us. So I don't mean to like discount people, what people are mm-hmm. doing because it's not, but it is a luxury good. Ultimately, if the prices of gasoline's going up, if your price of food's going up, if, 
you know, all these different things are happening. Maybe your family's changing dynamics on who's working and who's not. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, the first place you're going to start cutting money is going to be what people consider luxury goods mm -hmm. or high-end bikes, mm -hmm. high-end this, high-end this. Hobbies that, you know, maybe it's ultimately not good for you to cut out, but, you know, in the interim, it's yeah. something that kind of gets shortchanged. Yeah. So we're definitely on the tip of the spear as far as the economy goes a lot of and times. That's kind of mimicking something from another industry that a lot of our viewers may be familiar with. The gun industry a couple of years ago, they had a very similar increase in demand, stepped up their um, their production, and then their demand ended up dropping. So it's very similar to what we're seeing in the bike world right now. It'll be interesting to see if it plays out the same. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know. You know, the I don't know if the bike industry has had anything like this for a long time. Back in the 90s, you know, there was, of course, the big bike boom back then. Um, they were selling a ton of GTs and Schwinn's and I'm sure mongooses were going out the doors. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different now and we'll see how things turn out. I, I think just overall, the economy is not going to start looking better until we get past fall. So you know, and, and that's kind of, I tried to get out on our social media this week. Um, you know, prices are going to continue to go up. So like getting back to the shipping thing, like, you know, and I, and maybe everybody's heard this by now, but you know, a shipping container used to cost 2,800 bucks. Now it's $28,000. That's not an exaggeration. That's literally what it is. And then shipping times are increased because, you know, you're sitting outside a port for a month mm -hmm. before your, your, your barge gets checked in. So like, you know, it's it's causing a lot of delays and cost increases there. That's not going to go away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to continue on for the next year, which is going to compound the economic mm -hmm. issues we run into. Mm -hmm. Prices are going to continue to go up. So if you are looking at a big ticket item, you know, that's where like I'm sitting on a lot of inventory right now. We've got a lot of really cool, really big bikes for people. And I know they'll go out the door. But for me, I wanted to make sure we grab these bikes before mm -hmm. all these price increases start hitting up. So, you know, even I think, you know, in your household, it's a good time to consider stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you Slow know, if there are goods, you know, you're gonna need that are likely to go up in price, mm -hmm. then maybe now is a good time to buy them, you know, like anything with a microchip in it, mm -hmm. you know, might be a good idea if you've been eyeballing some big piece of tech or whatever, to, you know, go ahead, pull the trigger because six months from now, it's going to be 20% more expensive. Yeah. So going hand in hand with that, we recently got set up with Klarna and PayPal credit. So if you come in store, you can use Klarna. Um, so you can ride now and pay later. There are several interest-free financing options available. So if you do want an enduro bike, uh, your style of riding, you really want a new enduro bike and you really want one of these that we have here at the shed but you can't necessarily afford one right now there's a lot of options that we can work out so that you can get the bike that you want and you need for your style of riding um without really having to deal with if you don't have enough money for that we still just want to get these bikes out on, out of the door out on the trail having a good time so and just kind of general because i think even folks who aren't going to be buying anything mm -hmm. from us um, we'll see Klarna pop mm -hmm. up on like I know like if you're on the one wheel website mm -hmm. you could you could yeah. purchase a one wheel utilizing car Klarna. Parts websites have that as well. Car parts. Mm -hmm. So if that is an option for people, what does that what does it basically look like? Because I know I wasn't super yeah. familiar with so it. So it's super simple. So before you even come into the store, you download the Klarna app to your phone. K L A R N A with a little pink logo and a black K in cursive. 
Oh, and so. we're not financial advisors, nor are we giving financial advice. Mm -hmm. Please read the terms and conditions mm -hmm. on Klarna's website yep. for any technical details. Yep. Klarna, <laughs> uh, check out Klarna, and they'll be able to give you a little more information than we can. But I do know that with Klarna, they do offer a bunch of different payment plans. You can do a traditional uh, financing plan month to month, but they will charge interest. You can do either a pay in four payment plan or a pay in 30 days payment plan where you pay within 30 days or you make four scheduled payments every two weeks. Either one of those options will result in interest-free financing. You will pay no extra. It's super awesome if you know, oh, I've got this car that's about to sell. I've got this bike that's about to sell. Or just know that you'll be able to have that money coming in that you don't currently have. It's a super good super useful option to be able to get that bike with that being said with financing it is super easy to get turned upside down on it so you just want to make sure that you pay special attention to your financial situation try and think a little bit ahead and make sure that you're going to be able to make those payments if you do go down that route yeah yeah don't don't Use it because you can't afford the bike. Mm -hmm. Use it because you don't want to spend all the money because on the bike right you now. You don't have the liquid assets for the bike at the moment, but right. you do have. Uh, yeah. You the, do have the capability. Yeah, that. think very hard about before doing that, mm -hmm. or if you know that you're not going to be able to pay it in um, eight weeks or with the pay in four, mm -hmm. which is the typical plan, then maybe look into one of the interest bearing, mm -hmm. um, one yeah. of the interest. Kind and of they have works that they have more or less infinite amounts of financing options available. When you do the traditional um, financing option, you will work with Klarna directly to develop a plan specifically for you. So it's super option that they'll be able to super cool that they'll be able to work with you and give you a couple of different options to make that work. Yeah, I thought that was kind of important because I, I know I've seen it a lot of different places and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it is an option that's yeah. out there. And, and we used to have Trek credit card, which it actually replaced. So uh, Trek credit card was a in-store credit card that was run by a third party, uh, by a bank. However, we got rid of that, switched to Klarna, and it's just a lot smoother integration. You can get set up with Klarna before you come in, and we just send you a link to your phone. You fill it out on your phone, and then... Boom, you're all paid up, ready to go, ready to ride today and pay later. Right. And it appears as though, at least with the pay and for plan, there's no hard inquiry mm -hmm. on your, your credit score or anything it will like not that. not affect your credit score if you get denied, which is really cool. Yeah. So if you're a responsible person, you pay attention to such things, that's important. Or if you got a big purchase coming up other than your bicycle, um, then you can kind of do that under the radar. I um, mean, you know, it's something that, you know, it's worth considering an option like this. And I know, mm -hmm. again, I am not a financial advisor by any means, but, you know, especially maybe if you're a younger person, mm -hmm. um, something like that, getting involved with a, a small loan, mm -hmm. um, even if you go with the interest bearing mm -hmm. one, um, making those payments consistently mm -hmm. yeah. um, is going to make your credit score mm -hmm. go up and it's going to pay dividends for you later on. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, you know, I've always... I. <laughs> Uh, this is why I shouldn't give financial advice because I, I, I know what maybe you should not do. <laughs> um, but I've always paid cash for everything, mm -hmm. um, except for one car when I was 21, my, my first truck. Mm -hmm. I made payments and that got paid off. And that still shows up on my credit mm -hmm. score. But other than that, I've mm -hmm. always, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of just always paid for things. And what I've learned now that I've become more successful in my life is that 
successful people don't do that. Successful people actually do take out loans, mm -hmm. um, small loans like that, mm -hmm. and kind of pay it off and and have that track record so that when it does kind come come time to maybe make bigger purchases, mm -hmm. you're going to see a better interest rate, mm -hmm. and you're going to be set up, and you're actually going to save money mm -hmm. on those bigger things that you're going to want yeah. to do down the road. As, so, as much as a four thousand dollar bike purchase is going to seem like a big purchase to you. Uh, financing $4,000 versus financing $25,000 for a car, it's a lot easier to tackle, a lot, just a lot smaller payment, a lot smaller to deal with. Yeah. And if you're, if you're worried that you may not be able to do it again, don't. it's like riding a mountain bike, then don't do, don't it. do it. Yeah. If you pull up to a feature and you're a little bit sketched out by it, you're not supposed to ride that feature. If Same thing think, with this. If, if you have that thought that you may not be able to do, don't it, do it, your head, your brain knows that you can't do it. Yeah. Don't it's, do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't yep. do it. It's a really good option if you know that'll work for you, but it is really easy to get upside down on it. So please use it responsibly. Don't have no job and buy a $4,000 bike with no way to pay it back. Um, but I mean, to be fair, if you're a guy without a job and you buy a $4,000 bike, you're going to get be so rad, so mm -hmm. gnarly, you're going to find good employment almost mm -hmm. immediately. Yep. And you're not going to think twice about four grand ever again. Yeah. I so. mean, if, if you ride bikes every day, um, like, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a big investment. But the amount of joy and satisfaction that you'll get out of that bike, um, especially if you have it for a couple of years, is going to be well worth the money. Yeah. You're going to have a bike for a while. You know, yeah, you're going to have it for three to four years, five years I've or been, more. I've been in places where I've spent pretty much every last dime in my bank account on a new bike. And, uh, I honestly didn't regret it at all. Super and happy he, with how it turned out. Super happy with with having a sweet bike. Every guy that's come in here over the age of 60, he's either on a brand new $9,000 bike mm -hmm. or he is on still probably paid seven to $8,000, mm -hmm. maybe $6,000 for the bike, but 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. yep. And he's still shredding like crazy yep. on it. So if you take care of your stuff, yeah. it'll take care of you, especially with high end stuff with lifetime warranties like Trek has. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Anything big? So That's I guess the one thing that I guess I missed on this bike is the down tube protector. Uh, it's a little different than on the slashes, than on the uh, remedies and fuels. It's going to be a two-piece down tube protector that's going to go the full length. It's going to be split right down the middle here, so you can replace either the top port or the bottom part. Uh, the older models only had the bottom part, so it's super nice that it goes the full length of the down tube there. We had a customer two years ago mm -hmm. on the older Slash models. Mm -hmm. They did not have that huge down tube mm -hmm. protector. They had a protector there, mm -hmm. but it was like pretty minimalist. Yeah, and smaller. part of the shell was hanging out. Mm -hmm. And um, he had his bike for, is a Slash 9.7 or, yeah, it was so a Slash 9.7. Yeah, it was the raw carbon one, I'm pretty sure. And, um, or he may have had the one that looked like a, uh, well, it was red and black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what one you're, I know one you're talking about. Yeah, we have a term we use mm -hmm. for that color, but we won't say it here. Um, but no, anyhow, it, within like two or three weeks, and he's very fast. Him and his brothers are all very fast, very gigantic, powerful men. Um, but uh, yeah, he just had a rock come up and hit the bottom of his uh, his front triangle, just you know, right near the bottom bracket, just barely missed the pad and cracked his frame. And that's not the first, that's the first slash we've seen that 
with that, but we've seen another brand. Oh, yeah, the only time I've yeah. seen it. We've sold a lot of slashes. Yeah. We, He's we, the only guy it happened we, to. We've but. seen another brand of bike come in here um, with a similar nick on the down tube where it was right next to that protector. The protector did not save him, and he ended up with a cracked frame. So it is super nice to have that full length down tube shuttle guard. Yeah, and if you're riding a carbon bike, maybe it's a good idea to take a look at the bottom of your bike, see how protected that down mm -hmm. tube is on the yeah. exposed side, and maybe think about um, addressing that because I think with mm -hmm. these newer parks and stuff, there are some bigger rocks that are going to be kicking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I've, so. seen, I've seen some videos of, uh, especially like some kids built some trails around here. I've seen some videos of people clipping their chain rings, dropping in on features that they built um that's really something that you want to pay attention to so but yeah protect your bike protect yourself protect your friends and family yeah i mean yeah just want to make sure everyone has a good time yeah we're we're i kind of feel like because we're at 56 minutes and 37 seconds mm -hmm. i missed comments so that this would be a good time for us mm -hmm. to come back and see comments let's see some good comments they're gonna be weird spammy comments i bet yes they are Oh wait, no. We, we got, did get we one got a real comment. We got one real good okay. comment, and it's from our uh, only sponsored rider here at the Mountain Bike Shed. Man, big man. sender, big sender. Um, I don't remember what his Instagram handle is at this point. He keeps changing it. It's something cool every time. Yeah, it's van the MTB man. It's something with van and mountain bikes. I'm gonna look it up. I'm not I sure. cannot. There's some underscores in there. Yeah, Ben's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, give him a follow if you want to see him get shreddy on all the local trails. Um, ben is, cool. I don't think he would mind if I say this, he's not a very large gentleman. Mm -hmm. He's a very small guy, mm -hmm. but he can whip a bike around, dude. Mm -hmm. He has zero fear. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. I, it scares me watching him ride a bike. And I just yeah, I, I just have to get out of the way and trust him because he, he is just... Yeah, really awesome. Kids got a ton of heart. Yeah, like when I saw him at uh, the local dirt jumps, he was on a full rigid dirt jumper and was super eager to test out the biggest jumps he could find there and was not afraid to crash on them. Um, so it's super cool to have some local youth who are getting big Sendy out here. So it's uh, van underscore the underscored MTN underscored man or ban the mountain man yeah ban the mountain man or you can just search mtb shed underscore van okay um and be able to find his instagram but yeah he just got uh well he got a scooter he's been rocking on his scooter doing some cool tricks and stuff he's got so to be a max bike shredding that out ramp riders yep. seeing him out there a couple times he's got a ton of fun videos on that i've been watching trying yeah. to share it to everybody as much as possible yeah. That BMX bike fits him really well. Nice. Fits him a little bit better than the dirt jumper. Yep. He's super comfortable on that. I mean, he's it's a brand new bike, goes out to ramp ride and just shreds it. So that's pretty, pretty respectable. Super cool. Yeah, I'm sure Van will be doing um and Van's been on a few of these live streams actually. Mm -hmm. We just didn't really kind of point him out. And his dad uh, kind of chatted with us too on one of the live streams. But um yeah, hopefully we can get him on a a new enduro rig before the enduro season starts yeah, this year. You'll see him out. Oh, there. and that's the other big thing. If anybody happens to still be listening, the Wheels Up Enduro tryouts mm -hmm. are um, coming up this weekend on, I believe, Sunday. At Chubb. Yep, at Chubb yep. here in Eureka. So jump over to their page, find out the details there, get signed up. I've if heard you... there are a lot of a lot of kids trying out for that. I so bet. it should be interesting to see. Um, they're 
how they were judging people is really cool. They weren't timing people on the stages. So it's not necessarily who's the fastest, most rowdy rider. They're judging it on who has proper trail etiquette, who has proper form, who has a functioning bike. So it's pretty cool to see that it's going to be more than just, oh, who's the fastest down the trail. Like, do you actually know how to ride a bike? Do you know how to be nice to other people? So it'll be interesting interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. No, yeah. I think, yeah, uh, Coach Mike kind of, he put a video out on kind of running through some of those expectations. Um, but yeah, really good, really good folks, really good coaches. Um, and I know a lot of the kids that are going to be out there. I mean, just a really good, we have such an awesome community of younger riders. Mm-hmm. Um, like Riley, you mm-hmm. know, comes here and volunteers at the shop and helps mm-hmm. out. I know a lot of the younger riders volunteer at other shops around the area. Um, and again, I'm always, I'm always impressed by how good the manners are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how respectful the kids mm-hmm. all are, how knowledgeable they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Um, really cool to see just an entire community of young men. And then that, just how much stoke that they have for bikes. It's yeah. pretty cool to see how enthusiastic they are about bikes. Yep. That's super awesome. And I'd say it's, I mean, I can't think, I'm trying to think of like one of the younger guys that I've ran into at a race or just in the community that I was just like, that dude sucks. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. I can't think of anybody. Um, whereas I can think of plenty of kids who get on my nerves that suck that don't ride mountain bikes. So I don't know. I made my daughter ride a mountain bike so she wouldn't suck. <laughs> All right, we'll end it there.